Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. Obviously, we've been crying. This is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode 14 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Stay. That title already told me it was fucked up, but I didn't even know how bad it was going to be. This is one of the episodes where I cry the hardest in this show. I mean, every time I watch it. It's like you said, it's just so grounded in reality. Yeah. Life's just not fucking fair. That's the lesson of this episode. Well, and I think this is an interesting episode structurally. I was noticing this while writing the notes. A lot of typical Vampire Diaries episodes go from group to group. We have a lot of like plots, action. This episode is primarily two-person scenes, which is really interesting. There's yeah. a couple notable exceptions. There's really only two action-packed events. One, when Enzo hits Matt with his car. A la ma. <laughs> a la ma. And two, when Liz dies. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, like, slow-moving. It's really personal It really digs into the emotional aspect of the Vampire Diaries, which makes everything pay off better than it would if we were doing, like, a lot of other stuff. Even the, like, Enzo plotline, it's, like, a two-person scene with Matt and Sarah. Not very often is there more than a two-person scene in this episode. And this episode is just totally highs and lows. The comedy of Matt getting hit by the car. The romance of our first Steriline kiss. And then a major character death. It's like, Jesus Christ, give me a minute. Because it feels like it's a slow moving episode, mm-hmm. but it's really not at the end of it. I think they do a good job, like even at the beginning of this episode, because I saw the title was Stay. I was like, okay, well, Liz is probably dying. Yeah. Like we've known that's on the radar for a while. We knew it was coming. And I felt like it was coming soon. I felt like this episode was a good chance of it. And it still felt kind of like a surprise in a way. Not really a surprise, but like it hit the emotions the same way a surprise would, even with the built up. It was still just as affecting. And it's interesting because even though this episode seems like a kind of slow moving episode, we get through a lot. We get through a whole like murder investigation a la Criminal Minds. That is like introduced and wrapped up within the episode yeah and jeremy's going away party if you can call it a party i i wouldn't but (laughs) playing playing it real fast and loose with the word party there aren't we yeah but all i have to say is julie pluck and kevin williamson you will be dealt with you will pay for these crimes you'll pay for what you did to liz forbes and you you may not have to answer to me but you will have to answer to god (laughs) there's a lot in this episode to unpack but before we start here's a quick ad As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. It's Jeremy's last day in Mystic Falls, and Elena puts on a brave face as they reminisce about their past. Stefan and Caroline find themselves growing closer as they prepare Caroline's family cabin for her mother to live out her final days. While packing up her office, Sheriff Forbes turns to Damon for help solving one of her remaining open cases involving Elena's parents. Elsewhere, When a violent confrontation with Enzo leaves Jeremy wondering whether he should leave or not, Matt finds his own life on the line after Enzo lures him and Sarah Salvatore into his dangerous plan. Lastly, Caroline rushes to the hospital after learning her mother has taken a turn for the worse. That she does. That she does. We open the episode, however, in flashback, 
And we know this because it's like a little yellower, a little hazier. And also because Liz is very high energy and in her sheriff uniform. Yeah. And this was the first sign. I was like, oh, dying. It's over for Liz Forbes. <laughs> no, we shouldn't be seeing this much of her life. <laughs> so we're at the police station. Liz talks to one of the deputies. She says, hey, Tony, I'm headed home for the night. Could you do me a favor and check on the Lockwood place? Carol called again. Another five martini stalker sighting. So this is another way to tell us that it's a flashback because Carol's alive. Also, another five martini stalker sighting. So the bitch gets drunk on martinis and then calls the cops and says, someone outside my house. There's someone obsessed with me. She's just like me. I love her. That's a queen. I hope she welcomed Liz with open arms and a big old bottle of Grey Goose. (laughs) Absolutely. Liz says, oh, and some teens are starting a bonfire off Route 13. No one's called to complain yet, but they will. See ya. Because she's so good at her job. In Liz's office, she closes up some files. You know, she's just wrapping things up. And then her phone rings and she answers and she says, Forbes. And then she says, I'll be right there. We go over to the Mystic Falls Hospital. Liz enters. She shoves one guy out of the way and then she finds another cop. And she (laughs) says, what happened? And the deputy says, accident up at Wickery Bridge. Driver lost control, careened off into the water. And Liz says, any casualties? He says, two. She says, survivors? He says, one. We found her on the bank unconscious. She must have crawled out of the car and passed out. A gurney rolls by with Elena on it. Wrapped in like a security blanket. She's clearly been through it. Liz says, Elena Gilbert, where's her brother? Who are the casualties? And the deputy says, Miranda and Grayson, her parents. And Liz, of course, is shook. And at first it's like, why are we seeing this? Yeah, it's like, okay, we're doing this. Going back to this thing again. Who's going to Wickery Bridge this time? <laughs> Who's driving off today? But then we go to the modern day in Liz's office. She's packing up all her boxes because... She's no longer going to work because she has terminal cancer. She's about to leave, but then she looks back to a box that says open cases and she opens it. She pulls one file in particular out and on the front of the file, it says Gilbert accident, Wickery Bridge, case open pending further investigation. And what was your first thought when you saw this? Damn, something's up with this accident. Pretty quick, I'm like, well, Grayson killed his family. Yeah, you. I mean, you've you've been suspicious of Grayson since the beginning, and it's only been confirmed the more we learn about him. So yeah. once you saw this, you're like, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I bet Grayson's to blame. Grayson's somehow involved in it. Because I was like, oh, this wasn't just a simple accident. Someone's to blame. I'm going to guess Grayson. My money's on Grayson. Yeah, the guy who famously tortured people while his daughter played with the ball outside. Yeah. You know, he's not not our best. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, he wasn't our best. Yeah. We go to the Mystic Falls High School cafeteria. David and Elena are having a sit down with Principal Weber, the principal. And Elena says, Principal Weber, <laughs> I know graduation isn't for a few months, but, you know, Jeremy just got accepted to this great art school. Knowing what we know at the end of the episode, Miss Elena, what art school starts the term in March or whatever it is? Exactly. Mid semester. Yeah. Principal Weber says, Jeremy Gilbert? Yeah, I don't think so. Not with his academic record. Yeah, he's like, that does not sound right. Elena says, oh, what's wrong with his academic record? Don't ask stupid questions. You know what's wrong. Elena. The principal says, do you have a few hours? Let's start with drug use his freshman year. That's not his academic record. Yeah. So let's let's keep everything set where it needs to be. Uh, But Damon says, oh, you mean the year his parents died? Well, also like drug use. I think the art school's fine with that. Yeah, and the principal says, okay, understood, understood. But what's the excuse for the next three years of woeful attendance? 
And he did get them there, unfortunately. Damon says extracurricular activities, health and fitness, that sort of thing. I mean, did you see how scrawny he used to be? The principal says, no, I didn't. But I do recall the four months where he faked his own death. And they're like, oh, you remember that? Like, oh, you you committed that to memory? I, I thought we all kind of moved past that. I thought we were all kind of over that by now. Damon says, funny thing. He didn't actually fake it. We went to this island off the coast of Canada in search for this cure for vampirism. And Jer- and Elena says, Damon. Principal says, is this some sort of joke to you? Damon says, a little bit. Damon says, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Elena says, no. Okay, look. Jeremy has had a rough time here. I know. But that's part of the reason we want him to go. And the principal says, I'm sorry, but I can't let that happen. It could just have him drop out. But the yeah. principal's like, if you want him to graduate, no. Are you dumb? He has to at least make it through the classes. Like, look, if he can pull D's, sure, he can get the diploma. But there's not a reason to give it to him now. Yeah. Damon says, okay, can we do this my way now? And Elena says, we already compelled him into art school. So I wanted my little brother to actually get a degree. Into art school you couldn't even get in? You couldn't even let him apply to art school? I know you're in like a rush, which is probably more of why you did it. But like, give him a chance to get in on his own. Even though, you know, he doesn't want to apparently, but... (laughs) Damon says he will get a degree, he just won't earn it. So he goes up to the principal and compels him and says, this small town atmosphere doesn't nurture a creative spirit like Jeremy Gilbert, and it's of your opinion that it's high time for him to get the hell out of Mystic Falls. Can you imagine this principal sitting down with the superintendent and says that to them? They're like, what? But he has no, he hasn't passed math. I'm sure that the superintendent is like, just get the Gilbert family out of our school system. I don't really care where they go. But they can't stay here. Get Elena out. Get Jeremy out. We're done. We yeah. got Alaric out when he died. Let's let's revamp this. Let's get a clean break. <laughs> we go over to the grill. The grill is closed. It is just a table. Jeremy is sitting with Alaric and Matt and a bottle of bourbon. And Matt is full on his phone. Fun party, guys. <laughs> and Jeremy raises a toast and says, To Matt's phone, which is clearly more important than my last day in town. Matt says, I'm here, aren't I? Lober. And then Matt says, where's Tyler? Jeremy says, he broke up with his girlfriend. He gets a free pass. He was dating her for about a month. I'm sorry. No, you have to come to your friend's going away party. And he's the one who chose to break up with her. So I think he can handle drinking with you guys while he's dealing with that. What's he doing otherwise? Probably drinking at Whitmore. Can't do that at the grill? Yeah, at least do it with other people, Tyler. Jeremy says, I just want to take this shot before Alara changes his mind about letting me drink. Analeric says, this place is closed for another hour. I'm making an exception. They all cheers. They take their shots of bourbon. Alaric cleans up some beer bottles and says, you know, I swear, Jeremy, if I get a call from the drunk tank in Santa Fe, Jeremy says, what, you're going to make your girlfriend give me an STD test again? And Rick says, that cleared up, right? Ha ha ha. They're all laughing. This is his going away party. Whenever they're like, oh, we're going to let Jeremy drink. Whenever you say he can't drink, it's really just fake that you say it. Yeah. So let's stop with that. You're all fucking drinking bourbon like it's water. Let him have a couple shots. The only people who aren't underage in this like group are like Damon, Alaric, and Stefan. You can't say like, oh, we don't care what Tyler does, but Jeremy, we draw the line. They're all drinking underage. Let's give up. It's fine. I think after the events that you've lived through, you all deserve drinks. Yeah. Matt gets a call from Enzo. He tries to hide it from Jeremy, but Jeremy does spot it. And Jeremy says, hey, why is Enzo still alive? Why is he calling you? Because you'll remember, Jeremy teamed up with Matt to kill Enzo. 
and then Matt was being super dramatic. And so Jeremy left, but he assumed that Matt was just going to torture and stake Enzo and hasn't heard anything of it since. Yeah, Jeremy's like, you weren't even able to kill him. Like you had all that spite and that didn't even work. Matt says, it's nothing you need to worry about. He gets up, he takes the call and says, hey, it's Jeremy's going away party. Whatever you want, it can wait a day. Then you shouldn't have answered the phone, dumbass. Yeah. Turn your phone off, then it'll wait a day. Exactly. Enzo says, actually, it can't wait a day. But it, after seeing what he has in store, it totally could have waited a day. Well, I guess yeah. he already called Sarah here, so it really can't. But Yeah, so he can't really slow it down at this point. But, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really care what your schedule is, Matt. That's not really part of it. Enzo says, don't worry, I'm not sending you back to Duke. I brought Duke to you. And Matt says, what does that mean? And then he pauses because he sees Sarah walk in to the grill. And Enzo says, I take it from your abrupt pause that you either had a small stroke or Sarah walked in. Good news either way. Make her feel welcome. Oh, and don't go blabbing details of our little arrangement around the party. Your tongue functions much better inside your mouth. Then he hangs up. Sarah says, Matt. Matt says, hey, what are you doing here? I mean, I'm sorry. If I go to school at Duke and I get called to Virginia for a job and then I see a guy who I happen to meet at Duke, that's weird. Oh, I'm going out the door. Yeah, I'm out. She says, oh, I got a call from the manager of this place. You know, he needed someone to take pictures for the website. And he said, you mentioned me. I mean, normally the pictures I take are a little darker, but normally I don't get paid. So thanks. Number one, the manager was famously killed by Kai. So we have to assume that Enzo is the one who actually called her. And Enzo doesn't have the website credentials. So she's going to take all these pictures and she's never going to see them on the website. So wouldn't she be suspicious? That's a small thing. But also you go to school at Duke in North Carolina. How much money were you offered? that made this job worth your time? Because there's a low amount of money that would make sense to the grill. And there's a high amount of money that would make this trip worth your time. But the higher the amount of money a small town grill is offering you, the more likely it is that it's fishy and someone's going to murder you. So I just wonder how much they're offering that it was in the sweet spot of a lot of money, but not suspiciously too much. Yeah, because it is very much like, yeah, Matt mentioned you, but you live out of state. And I'm sure in a town called Mystic Falls, they can find an amateur photographer to take pictures of, you know, a chicken club. Also, you know, if I'm Sarah, and I understand why she doesn't do this because she wants to get paid. But if I'm Sarah, I'm like, that dick of a guy doesn't even know what kind of photos I take. Yeah. He didn't even listen at all. I'm not fucking going to that town. Yeah, no, I'm good. How insulting that he wants me to take photos of a chicken club. I don't care how good it is. It's weird that she accepted this job, to be sure. And it doesn't seem like she was compelled to. It seems like she full did this. It seems like she's just not really very smart. Well, also, yeah, do you have no friends who can come with you to this? I I do feel that she was offered a suspiciously high amount of money and she just didn't exercise any critical thinking with that offer and just showed up. I mean, Stefan, I know you were helping from afar, but maybe you should have been a little less far. She'd have been a little more hands-on, I fear. Because the Zach amount of brain cells is what she ended up with. Yeah. All love to Zach. That was not our smartest king. Rest in peace. Matt says, you're welcome, (laughs) even though he did nothing of the sort. Uh, Sarah says, you want to show me around? He says, yeah. And they go. As they leave, Jeremy's sitting alone at his table. Damon and Elena come in, so the party's not over yet. Yeah, so good. We we are now back to three at the party at one time. (laughs) Apparently the max. Yeah. Damon pushes the diploma onto Jeremy's chest and puts a little cap on his head and says, look who graduated. And Jeremy says, what? He was okay with it? 
Damon says, sure, I mean, practically flunking, missed 100 days of school, and you can barely spell the word cat. But sure, he was fine with you graduating early. And Elena says, we helped the process along. Yeah, Damon's like, okay, Jeremy, I know that, like, I'm showing up with a diploma, but be serious. Yeah, it was compelled. And Jeremy says, yeah, okay. And Jeremy doesn't really give a fuck about school, so he doesn't care that his diploma was compelled. Yeah, he doesn't want to fucking be there. And he did, so he didn't have to do any work. Doesn't matter that he missed so much school. Great. Cha-ching. Elena says, I'm going to get a drink. Elena walks away. Jeremy says, is she okay? And Damon says, she will be. You know, we all will. Somehow we'll find a way to move on without you, Jeremy. Oh, I just did. Ha ha ha. Look under the cap. I jacked you a going away present from Rick's girlfriend stash. Jeremy takes the cap off. He finds one singular joint that looks to be more paper than weed. And I was going to say maybe the smallest joint I've ever seen. And I've I've rolled some bad, bad joints in my time. Where the hell did Joe get this? Her dealer is skimping her. She's getting taken for a ride for sure. Yeah. Damon says, put it away, idiot. And he does. Damon says, tell your sister and I'll kill you again. He's going to tell his sister uh-huh. in about 10 minutes. We go over to the Forbes cabin. We've been there before. It's famously where Enzo was haunting everybody. Remember that? Yes, I didn't remember when when, he, when we had been here before, so I'm glad yeah. you said that. Caroline and Stefan drive up together. And it's like, oh boy, here we are. At a cabin by yourselves. Let's go. Let's go, girls. Caroline says, you know, if you really think about it, Jeremy leaving is for the best. Stefan's like, sure. I don't care. <laughs> None <laughs> of us really give a shit. Caroline says, I'm sure everything around him reminds him of Bonnie, and Elena's always wanted to protect him from the vampire drama. Granted, he is going to art school where the percentage rate for a well-paying job is one of the lowest in the country, but I really am happy for him. Mind you, this is coming from a theater major at a liberal arts school. (laughs) But she's also not trying to get a job with it. She's also a vampire, but it is like, girl. That is emblematic of theater majors. They're like, art school is so stupid, but I'm in theater school. So like, don't worry about me. (laughs) Stefan says, sarcastically, do you think you packed enough? Because the car is full of boxes. Caroline says, the whole point of this is for my mom to live out the rest of her time here in a relaxed, peaceful environment surrounded by the things that she loves. Like photo albums and board games. Stefan reads uh, the anthology of Shakespeare, volumes 1 through 12. Caroline says, all the books she never got around to reading. Stefan has his hands full of boxes, but his phone starts to ring. And he says, oh, do you mind getting that? And Caroline says, oh, yeah, okay. And she goes into his pocket and it takes her a minute in his pocket to get it. And it's like, mm-hmm, a little bit of tension. Because it's the front pocket of some skinny jeans. So mm-hmm. she's getting in there. She grabs it and looks at it and she says, why is my mom calling you? And she answers it and says, are you going behind my back for information? And Liz says, okay, hello, Stefan. What a lovely voice you have. <laughs> Caroline says, why are you calling Stefan? And Liz says, you snuck out of the house this morning without so much as a hello. I may be a retired sheriff, but I am still a mother. What are you up to? Caroline says, if I told you, it would ruin the surprise. And then she whispers to Stefan, master bedroom. So he takes the boxes to the master bedroom because she wants to talk about him. Liz says, <laughs> at least tell me if Stefan is there voluntarily or against his will. Which she means to be a joke, but unfortunately, this is a sore spot for Caroline at the moment. Yeah. She's like, I really don't fucking know. Because she's like, I couldn't tell you. And that is causing me pain. Yeah. Caroline says, neither. He's here because you asked him to look after me. And Liz says, that's not true. Caroline says, mom, I heard you talking to him in the hospital. You asked him to look after me and make me smile and help me move on with my life after you're gone. And she got too many of the words specifically. So Liz knows she did listen. And Liz is like, well, it's true I said that, but that doesn't make it true that that's why he's there. She's like, I meant something different when I said that. Liz says, I'm sure that's not the only reason he's there. And Caroline says, Mom, it's okay. I need an extra set of hands anyway. Because she does believe that is the only reason Stefan is there. 
because she's protecting her heart. Yeah, he turned her down once. She's got to stay. She's got to stay safe. Caroline says, I will call you in three hours with all the details. Until then, no cheating. I love you. She hangs up. Just for reference, this is the last conversation she has with her mother. I When she said this, I knew. I, I was like, or, you know, when we get to the later point, I was like, well, at least she ended on I love you, even though she doesn't remember that. But Yeah, exactly. I didn't remember when I watched the end of this episode when I was taking notes what the last conversation was. So I wanted specifically to note it while we go through here. We go over to Liz's office. Liz is at her desk and Damon is at the door and Damon says, you know, not to be blunt, but I think dying gets you a ticket out of work. Just saying. How are you feeling? And she says, like, I'm not going to leave this job with unfinished business. I have all these open cases. And he says, oh, well, let me see if I can help you close a couple of them. He opens one file, says this one was me. He opens another one and says me. He opens another one and says also me. And then he opens another one and says, ooh, this one was Stefan. Wait, no, it was me. And this is also crazy because the closed cases are also cover-ups, as you said, while we were watching. Yeah. It's like, damn, how did you not figure out these were vampire attacks? Come on. You have to know most of them are vampire attacks. And especially after you know Damon, did you just never look at these files again? Because clearly you're not above suspecting Damon of things. We'll get to that. She just didn't want to think about it. She didn't want to think about suspecting (laughs) Damon when she was his friend. She's like, I can't look at this. Yeah, she said, I'm just going to not confirm or deny it. And then that's not my business. Yeah. She says, I always had a sneaking suspicion. What about this one? She hands him the file on Elena's parents' accident. And he says, Elena's parents? I didn't know there was an open investigation. He said, didn't the car just like do that? He said, I thought the car went off the bridge and crashed. I thought, I think it's been well established. (laughs) Liz says, well, you know, at the time I was taking care of Elena and Jeremy and I didn't want to drag them through more heartache. Then when I was finally ready to reopen the wound, Elena had moved on and you and I had become friends. And I worried that, and Damon says, what, that I was involved? And he says, Liz, no, I promise you. And look, I didn't think he was involved, but this isn't a crazy thought to have. At first, it's like, why would Damon have pushed a car off a bridge? But one thing about Damon is he do be in the road. Yeah. So I could see it happening in some universe that he was in the road, they swerved, and then they went off the road because of that. That's not outside their own possibility. Well, and I could see him not knowing that was Elena's parents, you know, because if a car went off the bridge, it's not like he'd be like, damn, better go check if. There's a hot girl in there. He would have just been like, okay, oops. But I feel like it would have come up before now. Yeah, because he would have he would have said it if he if it was. Yeah, particularly in like the in the heart of like Damon and Elena will they won't they when we're learning all the bad things Damon has done. Like mm-hmm. this is easily the worst one if it were him. Yeah. So we would need to have gotten this out of the way before now if we ever wanted to ship them. Yeah. We're still dealing with the bullshit memory stuff. Yes. Like, we don't need this, too. So immediately, we're not suspicious of Damon, but you can't blame Liz for asking. She had to ask. I respect after he just confirmed he did the previous four. Yeah. Like, yeah, raise it. She says, "Okay, now that I know you weren't involved, here's another clue. She gets in her criminal minds era. She's giving Hotch. She is giving Hotch. She says, Miranda left me this message two hours before they got in that car. Two hours before they drove off the road for no reason. She plays a voicemail. And the voicemail says, Liz, it's Miranda Gilbert. I have something urgent to talk to you about. Please call me back as soon as you can. And this one I said, well, Grayson killed him. He said, Grayson killed his family. Yeah, Grayson was mean to Miranda. He drove her off the bridge and brought Elena with him. The only part that was making me doubt it at this point is like, well, why wouldn't he have brought Jeremy too? 
to show how insane I am. And I mean, we know this not to be true. So like, I don't need to make you feel stupid for thinking this. But here's my, here would be my question if this didn't get wrapped up this episode. Yeah. Why then did he die? Murder, suicide. Well, then why did he tell Stefan to save Elena? Because he felt guilty that he brought Elena down too. But he wouldn't feel guilty about his wife? In my mind, I'm going the criminal minds route. That he was mad at his wife for something because he's evil. Sure. And then he brought Elena because she reminded him of his wife. But then he he chickened out of the Elena thing at the last minute. Okay. Or Stefan imagined that Grayson said save her. That's a better one. I would have accepted that. Would make more sense. <laughs> that one you would have taken. That maybe Grayson was like pointing at Elena, like like don't save her. She has to die. Kill that one. <laughs> and then he takes her. And no, because Grayson's like, he, no. If Grayson could tell he was a vampire, he's like, get that one. Fuck vampires. Go, go, it. go fuck her shit up. Yeah, or maybe Grayson, because he thought like Grayson was saying like, don't take me, take her. But he saw like a shaking hand, head, point at Elena and point at him. And so he was really saying, don't take her, take me. Stefan just got it Leave confused. Her. Yeah. And Stefan was just like, but she looks like Catherine. Scoop. Yeah, he just ignored. <laughs> Obviously, we know it not to be true, but I was like, sure of it. I was like, we don't need to go through the whole investigation. Let's get him. Case closed. Let's go get him, folks. Oh, he's dead. All okay. All good. Damon says, "Well, I'll be damned. Looks like you got a good old fashioned sheriffy who done it on your hands." She doesn't. But <laughs> <laughs> we go over to the alley behind. The Mystic Grill. Jeremy is out there by himself. He holds up the joint and just smiles at it. Like a little cartoon character. The joint that is smaller than his pinky finger. He said, baby joint. And all of a sudden, Elena's there. Because one thing about her, she can sniff when anyone's about to have fun. And she wants it out. (laughs) She said, no, absolutely not. My brother is not allowed to have any fun. Even at his, mind you, going away party. I've been a proponent of letting Jeremy smoke weed since the pilot. With or without a party. And that hasn't changed. Elena says, you know, I'm a vampire, right? A big sister with nearly perfect senses who can sneak up on you without making a sound. Really sucks for you. Give it. She wants him to give her the joint. He says, you know, Damon gave it to me. Technically, it's from Rick's girlfriend's stash. Immediately snitches. And you know what? Good. He should. I love him snitching on Damon, Rick, and Joe in one fell swoop. Yes. He did that well. I love it. I know. He said, uh-uh. You're going to defend Damon from everything. No, he's at fault. Yeah, he said, no, there are plenty of people to blame before it got to me. (laughs) I'm just smoking it. (laughs) Elena says, well, Damon is an idiot and Alaric conveniently disappeared, so I can only yell at you. She takes the joint. Jeremy says, yeah, Rick left because he was worried someone might recognize him when he's supposed to be dead. Guilt trip alert. Elena says, oh, yeah, right. That hadn't occurred to me. And here's my thing. Buy a wig. Buy a hat. Bleach your hair. Wear glasses. I get that he doesn't want to be, like, seen. Don't be the guy who goes to the bar. I mean, I feel like you can sit there and just play yeah. it by ear. Yeah, we'll just, you know, wear a hat and glasses. And if someone's like, oh, my God, Rick, you'd be like, what are you talking about? No. Nope. Oh, my my name's Steve. My name's Martin. <laughs> you picked Martin. <laughs> I don't know why. I just and- picture Rick in glasses. And he looks like a Martin to me. That's fair. Anyway. Lie about who you were. And if they bring up, if they will not let it go, be like, well, I had like distant family who lived here. Yeah. But like, I haven't spoken to them in years. Or if it gets dramatic, say, hey, my vampire friend, can you compel him to forget me? Yeah. 
Hey, Elena, come here. Hey, how about you talk to that kid who faked his death? Sounds more interesting than me, doesn't it? If you keep bringing up that you think you know me, you're not getting a tip. Yeah. Better than Okay. <laughs> Elena says, our lives are so weird. And Jeremy says, that's the understatement of the century. And Elena says, all right, give me your lighter. And Jeremy says, really? She says, yes. I just decided me smoking a joint with my little brother might be the most normal thing we've done together in years. Thanks for coming to this conclusion in season six. Season six, after you've been a vampire for two fucking seasons. And now you're finally like, you know what? Maybe my brother can have some fun. As long as I get to share the joint. Neither of you are getting high now because you have to split this little baby joint. I know. We go over to the Forbes cabin. Stefan is fixing something and he's being sexy. I mean, there's just no other word for it. He's rolled his little sleeves up. He's doing it on purpose. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is so cosplaying the notebook at the moment. Yeah. And it's working. Caroline comes out with a little kid's bike. Says, look what I found in the... She's clearly about to do like a little girly fun bit with her friend. And then she looks up and she takes all the sexiness in. And she's like, well, I wish I could not do this right now. And she's like, well, I didn't know you were going to be out here looking so sexy when I came out here with my little childhood bicycle. Because now I feel like an idiot. Yeah. And he says, you know, if you're going to go for a spin, I suggest you get your helmet. She says, haha. Okay. She said, this isn't funny anymore. She said, when I'm not laughing. <laughs> she says, this is the bike I learned to ride on. I just didn't know my mom kept it. You know, it used to have training wheels on the back with lights that would flash every time you pedaled. Then one day my mom took them off and said it was time to be a big girl. You can imagine the princess sized tantrum that followed. Girl, me too. I did not want to learn how to ride a bike. I loved those training wheels. That scared the shit out of me. That was not my business. And then Stefan says, well, they had lights. I don't blame you. This is one of the sexiest things this man has ever said. <laughs> he said, my queen, you can use whatever training wheels you want. He said, queen, you, you shouldn't have to be on only two wheels. Have as many wheels as you need. Caroline says, so what's with all this? And Stefan says, oh, you know, the box was loose. So I figured I'd fix it. He's so manly. She says, you know, you don't have to do all this, right? And he says, well, actually, you could have some serious problems, you know, exposed wires, electrical fires. She says, no, I mean, being here with me. If you have somewhere else you'd rather be. And he says, I don't. They smile at each other. We go over to Liz's office. Damon is looking at this file. And he says, you know, this would be a lot more fun if I had some. And Liz says, top right hand drawer. He opens the drawer and there's a bottle of bourbon. Do any of you do your job sober? He didn't even need to finish the sentence. She said, don't. I got it. Damon says, this is why you are a terrible sheriff. And she says, no, I'm a terrible sheriff because one of my best friends is the perp in half my open cases. Well, you're a terrible sheriff because you haven't arrested him for those. Yeah. He holds the bottle out to her to have a drink. And she says, no, not till I finish this. And he says, okay, suit yourself. Liz says, hey, can I ask you something about that night? She's back on her hotch bullshit. She mm -hmm. says, you saw Elena. And Stefan pulled her out of the car. And Damon says, yeah, Stefan, always a one-upper. And Liz says, so you both just happened to be in town the night her parents died. Why? Super good question, Liz. Thanks for bringing this up. Good detective work. Damon says, well, believe it or not, Liz, I once had a mommy too. She died around that day. And in the years my emotions were on, I would stop by and leave flowers at her grave. Stefan and Damon have been talking about their mother a lot in recent mm -hmm. episodes, particularly mm -hmm. this episode. Yeah. What do you make of that? Well, you know, I don't want this to sound stupid, but it's... There's no way for me to say it without it sounding stupid. We've had this bit of like Perker chapter. And I've said that like we're moving into like family chapter. Now, do I think it's going to be called the mother chapter? No, but I do think we're opening the door to like specifically mother relationships because of Liz, because of much mention 
for Stefan and Damon of their mom dying. And I think, you know, one mom dies, we all reflect on our mothers. So what do you think we would explore in this sort of mother chapter? How long would it take? Because, you know, this show often has to have like a villain or a conflict. And if the conflict is like dealing with the grief of your mother, it's a little, I don't know, I it's a little bit intangible, even for the Vampire Diaries. The Vampire Diaries yeah. usually finds a tangible way to represent those things. So, I mean, I, I guess it may not be a whole chapter, but I do think this is something we'll be dealing with particularly. But I, I do think this will be more in like the flashback sense, I think because we know obviously how Giuseppe, Giuseppe handled things when Stefan and Damon turned. Now, I believe their mother was dead at that point because I do think there's something to explore of like how Giuseppe handled things and how that led to how he handled Stefan and Damon. What do you mean by that? You know, he lost his wife and then he took out his anger on his sons. Okay. Or he was just horrible, which I think, you know, could also be the case. But I think we have to raise the possibility as well of continuing in this line of perkers i mean who's who's the mom of all these crazy kids so you want to meet like live in luke's mom yeah and kai and joe's mom yeah, yeah i think there's a question of it and i do think there's a question of i don't want to use the term legacies but of legacies and how things move through generations yeah how the wounds of the parent become the wounds of the child mm-hmm. we're getting to a point in the show where they're in college and it's a teen drama so things move faster than normal things I think this Joan Alert situation can lead to a baby sooner than later. Interesting. Just because I think we're in this, like we're bringing up mothers, we're revisiting Elena's parents, which we haven't done in a while. Like, I think there's this level of parental shift in relationships and how we approach life that we're touching on that may not be necessarily like the main thing, but I think is definitely at the end of this episode, Liz dying is not the end of that storyline and how it affects Caroline. Yeah. Liz says, you never talk about your mom. He does lightly. Well, he's changing that. Yeah. Damon says, not much to say. She died. Old timey disease. Consumption. And Liz says, why do I feel like you're leaving something out? Because he certainly is. Because he is. (laughs) Damon says, tell you what, why don't we use your investigative instincts to solve this? Check this out. And he points to the file. He says, so, Why were the Gilberts taking Wickery Bridge when Old Miller Road was clearly 10 minutes faster? And why are there no skid marks at the scene of the accident? And why was the trunk full of luggage as if they were going out of town? Each of these is quite a suspicious clue. Yeah. So Liz comes to the conclusion. She says something did happen that night. And she seems to, I mean, she doesn't say it, but I think she's suspecting Grayson. How could you not? He's driving and there's no skid marks. That's hard to ignore. Yeah. We go back to behind the grill. Jeremy and Elena are smoking their baby joint. Jeremy says, let me have your car. He said, well, now that you're high, I have a proposition. He's wheeling and dealing. She says, no way in hell. She's also eating a huge basket of fries. Because she's hot. Yeah. You guys get and, it? And you know, you know what happens when you get high, you get the, the munchies. Isn't that funny? That's what I've heard. I'd love to experience that someday. <laughs> Jeremy says, I'm moving to a new town, starting a new life. I need a new car. And she says, and it has to be mine. And he says, just compel yourself a new one, which is true. But in that case, why don't you get yourself the new one compelled to you? Why literally do you want com- the one? Literally compel me a new car. Yeah. Then you can keep yours and I get a car. Win-win. Yeah. Elena says, how many cars do you think we've destroyed? Like more than the average family, right? They count. Jeremy says, mom and dad station wagon. That's one. 
Elena says that SUV I got for my birthday, which we'll remember flipped a bunch when she hit that one vampire in season one. <laughs> Jeremy says, Catherine wrapped my car around a light post. That's three, which is more than the average family. And then if you add a look into those as well, it adds up. Elena says, they don't really give you many fries, do they? And Jeremy says, yeah, they did. You just ate them all. This is me whenever I get fast food. Yeah. <laughs> they laugh because they're high. And then she gets a call and she says, oh my God, we're so busted. And she shows Jeremy the screen. It says Sheriff Forbes. Yeah, because Sheriff Forbes can tell you're smoking weed from her office. Okay. But if I was high, that's what I'd think. <laughs> so she's right for that. <laughs> Jeremy says, dude, just click ignore. And she says, dude, I am. Uh, and then she takes a turn while she's high. She says, I'm the world's worst sister. And he says, don't be stupid. She says, I am. You know, mom and dad died. And what did I do? I let you be Jenna's problem because I couldn't deal. I shut you out. I shut everybody out. Girl, if only you let him be Jenna's problem. You were always in his business. Yeah, you could never leave him alone. He says, well, I never thought that made you a bad sister. You know, if anything, it was nice to have someone to go through it with. Then when you got better, that's when I felt the most alone. That wasn't your fault. You were healing. I wasn't. That's a very healthy response, Jeremy. Yeah. Elena's phone rings again. This time it's Damon. So she answers and she says, what Damon? I'm bonding with my brother. Damon says, I want to run something by you. Is there any chance you can get to the sheriff's office? And she says, I'm not sure it's a good idea to be around the sheriff right now. And then she whispers, Jeremy and I smoked your going away present. And Damon says, are you stoned? And she says, I'm lightly buzzed. And he says, okay, get eye drops, a squirt of perfume and half a pizza. This is important. And she says, oh, okay, I guess I'll walk over now. He's like, this is the one time you get high and I actually need your help with something. Come on. Elena hangs up the phone and says, okay, hide the evidence. I'll see you at home. And she goes immediately after she leaves. And so appears yeah, he waiting. There. He was listening to this whole bonding thing. He's like, oh my God, hurry this up. Enzo says, what is that strange smell? Cause he's giggling. He says, so I hear you're leaving town. Probably smart considering you tried to kill me and surprise. I'm still here. Jeremy's like, take that up with Matt. Yeah. Jeremy's like, to be honest, my heart wasn't even in that. Dude, I really don't care what happens to you. Yeah. We go back over to the grill. Sarah and Matt are looking through Sarah's pictures of the grill. They're fine. I mean, it, yeah, she took pictures of, of the grill. She says, so we can go moodier with the lighting if you want, or feature more patrons or menu items, or any patrons or any menu items. Where is the manager? <laughs> Matt says, no, these are great. I'll send them to my manager. And he's going through, and then he says, whoa, too far. And she says, totally forgot that was on there. And he says, anyone ever tell you you're a really good photographer? And she says, yeah, but obviously I didn't take that one. So by the context clues, we can assume it's like a nude. At first I thought that and I was like, no, that can't be it. And then I'm like, oh no, you you guys are leaning into that, huh? And in my mind, I'm like, Enzo took that. <laughs> I thought he had already gotten in there. No, he has not. <laughs> it is so funny. You are going to a work job. Bring a memory card that doesn't have your nude on it. Or, you know, don't let him hold the camera. Yeah. And also, your friend, don't even get me started on this. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. Your friend took this for her art final on your camera? Yeah. Interesting. Matt says, oh, who did take it? Wait, whoa, never mind. That's not my business. <laughs> and then he gets a call from Enzo, and he's like, oh, I have to take this. And Matt says, this is going to come as a shock to you, but this is not a good time. And Enzo says, well, this will come as a shock to you, but I don't care. There's a tunnel along the river off Route 13. It's dark, private. I want you to bring a photographer friend there. Matt says, what are you going to do to her? And Enzo says, shake her hand, exchange pleasantries, standard introductory behavior. And Matt says, if you want to meet her, just come here. And Enzo says, see, that sounded like you telling me what to do. Matt says, is this the part where you threaten my mom again? Because that's brave. And Enzo says, yeah, you're right. That was uncalled for. What has your mom ever done to me? 
Except for that one night. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Classic your mom joke. Matt says, I'm hanging up now. And Enzo says, so, I do have a point to get to. So, I went with something local. It's more noble. Right, Jeremy? We see that Jeremy is on the ground and Enzo has his foot on Jeremy's mouth. Just stepping on his teeth. Real classic. <laughs> Enzo says, oh, trying to say something? It's a bit garbled with all the blood. And then he says, oh, there. He said, he's he's being so silly. (laughs) Matt says, what the hell did you do? Enzo says, nothing too serious yet. Can we consider my request? Matt hangs up. Matt regrets every single day knowing Enzo. This is the, he thought previous problems were bad. This is just a nuisance and annoying. You know, he was already annoying. And then Matt tried to kill him and failed. And so now it's just, you're not getting any peace from him, Matt. Uh-huh. He he is messing with you. We go over to the Forbes cabin. Caroline is unpacking the bedroom. Stefan comes in with a bottle of bourbon and says, oh, hey, so you brought like an entire crate of these. Any idea where I should store them? And Caroline says, cellar under the stairs. And Stefan says, hey, you okay? Because she's, you know, futzing with the books. Caroline says, do you realize whichever book my mom reaches for could be the last thing she ever reads? Jane Eyre is 600 pages. What if she doesn't finish? Or worse, what if she gets halfway through and realizes she hates it? What if she wastes her final precious moments on a terrible book? I I just don't want to be held responsible for ruining her last literary experience. Because one thing about Caroline, she's trying to control everything. Stefan says, you know, Caroline, let me deal with the books. And she says, no, no, I should do it. And he says, I have probably read every single one of these. I'm happy to take the responsibility. One thing about Stefan, I do believe he would give me a well-thought-out book recommendation. I I do think his taste in books would not mirror mine, but I think he'd be aware of that when giving a recommendation of like, I like this book, but that's probably the wrong read right now. I think he's read enough books that he knows which ones are worth recommending to who. He's an empath when he wants to be. I think that's I think he's he is an empath and that's deeply his downfall. Yeah, unfortunately for him. <laughs> he feels too much. He yeah. loves too hard. He never shuts the fuck up. <laughs> I need him so bad. Caroline takes the bottle of bourbon from him and says, Okay, I'm opening this. Stefan says, I thought that was for your mom. And she says, Oh, it was. She said, I bought a case. I can have some. It's a hard day for me too. Yeah. You go back to the sheriff's office. Elena's there now. She's looking at the file. And she says, honestly, I don't remember why we took that route home. And I had no idea that there was luggage in the trunk. And Liz says, what about the lack of skid marks? Any reason your dad would just drive off the road like he was trying to avoid something without braking? And Elena says, I was texting with Bonnie when it happened. It's embarrassing. I know. Damon says, okay, well, what about the voicemail? And Elena says, I wasn't home that night. I was famously a popular cheerleader. Yeah, I was famously out of the house. Hence the reason we got in the car crash. That's the whole thing. And she says, you really think there's something up with my parents' crash? And Liz says, I don't know. But given the way this town works, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm so sorry, Elena. I know I should have brought this up sooner. But those first few weeks after your parents died, I... And Elena says, no, you took care of Jeremy and I. I remember. Poor Jenna was trying and failing. But you let us stay at your place. Girl, what? What What did Jenna do? Sorry Jenna died for you. Sorry Jenna was... A young 20-year-old. She was like 23 or 24 when this series started. Working on her PhD. And she all of a sudden has to raise two teenagers. One of whom was Jeremy's ass. Excuse her. It was above her pay grade. Excuse her for the growing pains. Each of you by yourself would have been above her pay grade. And then there were two of you. And then you go and start dating vampires? She did 
better than most would do. Yeah. Elena says, you let us stay at your place, took us to school, made us dinner. Damon says, wait, Liz, you cook? Elena says, she really tried. (laughs) And they laugh. And then Elena says, I'll see if Jeremy knows anything. And look, I know Liz is probably not a gourmet chef, but I know that bitch can fuck up a hamburger helper. I know she has her few recipes and she said, that's what we're eating. Yeah. Because I know she's the kind of bitch, it's a turkey sandwich every day at lunch. Mm -hmm. No frills. She knows what she likes. Why try other things? Exactly. Liz says, thank you. Elena kisses Damon and leaves. Liz is still looking at the cases and then she starts to like faint a little bit. And Damon says, hey, you okay? And she says, yeah, I'm good. Then we go to the tunnel off Route 13. Matt and Sarah are walking into the tunnel. Sarah says, sure, I'll follow a guy I barely know into a shady tunnel. Girl, just because you are saying that and making fun of it doesn't make this decision make sense. Yeah, just because you're making a joke of it doesn't mean this was a good decision. I think that is sort of trustworthy, but I do feel like if I'm Sarah, number one, if I get the call to come to Mystic Falls and say, like, this guy who met you one time recommended you, I'm not going to see him. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say I'm busy that day. Yeah. Number two, once I get there, if by the grace of God, he has not kidnapped and murdered me and I was truly just there to take photos, I'm not going to another location. No, I'm going to get my check and I'm going to drive back to do. I'm counting my blessings. Yeah. That this man didn't murder me and I got a paycheck. Yeah. But no, instead she walks through a tunnel. So Stefan, where are you? You got to protect this girl. Yeah. She's a lot of work, apparently. Can you compel this girl to not go to tunnels? (laughs) Matt says, oh, would you rather take more pictures of potato skins? I thought you were into dark subject matter. So clearly his spin here, which... One thing about Matt is he's he's going to somehow find a way to get people where they need to be. Yeah, he can spin things. Uh, so obviously his spin was like, oh, I know a great photo location. He has to take her to this dumbass tunnel that he knows isn't a great photo location. But to be fair to Matt, he she already thinks he's like not interested in photography or much of an artistic mind. So anywhere he recommends is a photo location, like this does seem like something that Matt if he was like, oh, I got to find a dark photo location, this does seem like a place he'd pick. Her expectations are zero. And so the yeah. fact that there's even one piece of graffiti she can photograph, she's like, okay. Yeah, he says, oh, I thought you were into dark subject matter. She says, yeah, graffiti, how provocative. <laughs> she got his ass. Because it is very much like someone who like wants to get in photography for the first time and they like take a picture of graffiti and they're like, I did it. I did something crazy. It's like graffiti with a flower in front of it. And they're like, you see? Yeah. Do you get it? Isn't it deep? Matt says, this is Mystic Falls. This is about as dark as it gets. She starts taking photos of the graffiti and then she turns back and says, oh, about those photos? The nudes. (laughs) Yeah. When she said this, I was like, the pictures of the girl? Yeah. Like, I thought she was going to ask for a check. No. Uh, She says, my roommate took them for her art final. I don't have a boyfriend, if that's what you were wondering. He doesn't answer that. She just goes back taking more photos. And it's like, again presumably you're in the same photography class for your art final right yeah so imagine your bestie that you're in class with you take a nude of her and then you turn it in and you have to like present it to the class and i was like isn't that sarah why'd you choose her and even if it's a different class it can't be that big of an art department yeah but whatever this is it's her prerogative and sarah don't flirt with this guy i i promise you it's not it's not worth anyone's time there have got to be better prospects at duke girly matt gets another call from enzo And Matt answers and says, all right, we're here. Where the hell are you? Enzo says, I'm here. Don't you see me? (laughs) Matt says, no, I don't see you. And Enzo says, take a few steps to your left. Here I am. And then a curse speeds. And it's Matt. 
so hard. He's going like 50 miles an hour. This is just so hysterical. Oh my God. You laugh so hard because it's it is so just funny. like, oh, you don't see me? Oh, here I am. <laughs> the car. The car. It's like the shot of her getting hit by the bus in Mean Girls. Like it's yes. that level of comedy. It is so hysterical. Uh, Sarah, of course, runs to him. Because to her, this wasn't funny at all. To, yeah, because to her, some guy's just barreling down this random road where they've seen yeah. no other cars. Yeah. At 50 miles an hour. <laughs> and then didn't stop when he hit a guy. Yeah, it was a hit and run. We go over to the Forbes cabin. On the porch, Stefan is drinking bourbon from the bottle. And Caroline comes out. And she, this would have been her last conversation with her mom, but maybe she was talking to Damon. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. she says... They're running a little late. Apparently, my mom chose today to tackle an entire career worth of cold cases. And Stefan says, well, they're going to have a lot of catching up to do because they've been drinking. And he says, so I realized that it doesn't matter. And Caroline says, what doesn't matter? Caroline says, you want to elaborate? Be specific. Is it (laughs) life? (laughs) Stefan says, it doesn't matter what book your mom reads in her final precious moments. It doesn't matter if it's good or terrible. It doesn't matter. Because life isn't about your final moments. It's about the moments that led up to them. Which, okay, listen. Stefan had this in his mind all day, but he was waiting for the right time to tell it to Caroline. Because (laughs) anyone who knows a control freak knows. And of course, Stefan knows this because he himself is a control freak and he knows Caroline well. He can't just say, girly, it doesn't matter what book you pick. He has to get there over the course of time. Yeah, he has to give her a break to, to hear that. Because to her, she's like, no, everything matters because I need this to be perfect for my mother. Yeah. Caroline says, I know, okay? I just wanted it to be perfect. I just wanted, and he says, control. He says, girly, I know it. And then he holds her hand. <laughs> and then he holds her hand. And he says, if anyone can control death, it's you. He said, girly, you being a control freak, I love that about you, queen. I need me a man like that. Need Not me a man Stefan, like that. but I need that vibe. It is worth noting that in this scene, they're on the porch. The sun is setting. I mean, it's looking it's looking romantic out there. You know, there have been plenty of scenes where I'm like, they're going to kiss and they don't kiss about any number of couples. And then there have been scenes where I've been surprised by a kiss. This one, I knew it was coming and I was like, I'm not wrong this time. Caroline looks at her hand that Stefan is holding and she says, I know she asked you to look after me. Because she's trying to diffuse this. She's like, no, he's not in love with me. I'm just reading into this. I'm just being delusional. Yeah. Stefan says, Caroline, that's not what. And she says, I'm okay with it. Really? You know, I'm actually glad because I don't know if I'd be able to get through this on my own. And then he says, I'm not here because your mom asked me to look after you. Because he's trying to be like, girly, it's happening. He's like, girly, I'm, I'm there. She needs more reassurance because he did, he did turn her down before. She says, then why are you here? And he says, well, because... You're my friend because I know what it feels like to lose a mother. And then he touches her hair. He puts her hair behind her ear and she said, hold on. I fear it's happening. Oh, hold on now. He says, and because when you told me you hated me, that was pretty much the worst thing I had heard in a long time. And they look at each other and she says, I think we both know I never really hated you. And there's a loaded look. The Mm -hmm. sun is behind them. And he kisses her. Here's what I wrote in my notes. He kisses her, slay, woo, I needed this so bad. 
Stay online fans were eating tonight. Finally, we needed a win, girlies, and we got it. And then about 60 exclamation points. <laughs> then they stop kissing and they look at each other. And Caroline says, one of us should probably say something. And Stefan says, go for it. And she says, not that. <laughs> she said, I wanted you to say something else. They are in love. I'm sorry. If you are not a sterile shipper, I just don't know what to tell you because mama, this is love. This is true love. It's love. It's giving love. I don't feel as strongly about this as I feel for Claire but I'm always going to be an enemies to lovers girly. Friends to lovers is never going to hit the same for me. Yeah. But I do like if there's any friends to lovers that I'm in support of, it's these two. We go back to the tunnel. Sarah is with Matt, who is bleeding like crazy. Which what a fucking funny jump from Sterling Kiss to back to this comedy. Highs and lows of human emotion this week. But Sarah says, I called 911. Matt says, you need to get out of here. Matt says, don't bother with that. And Sarah says, what the hell kind of person just barrels into someone and then drives off like that? And then here come Enzo. Enzo says, are you okay? What happened? Do you need help? I was out walking and I heard you. He went to go park that BMW somewhere and he ran. He was out walking. I was out walking. Be serious. But Sarah doesn't investigate this because she's panicked a bit. She says, we're waiting for the stupid ambulance, but he seems bad, like really bad. Like his breathing is, Enzo says, oh, I think he punctured a lung. And you can see Matt like looking at Enzo wide eyed. And he says, fix it. As if to say, give me some of your fucking blood. And mind you, Matt does have his ring on. So he would come back to life. But he's like, why let me die of this? Sarah says, what are you an EMT or something? He said, no, I was out walking. He said, no, did you not hear me? I was out walking and I'm wearing a leather jacket. So clearly I'm not an EMT. (laughs) Enzo says, not exactly, sweetheart. Matt coughs up some blood and Sarah says, oh my God, we have to do something. And Enzo says, okay, I can help, but what's your name? And she says, Sarah. And he says, Sarah, right. I need you to remain calm. What you're about to see is something you've never seen before. He does such a good job with like the fake hemming and hawing of like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I know. And Matt the whole time is like rolling his eyes, choking on his blood. Like, just give me the fucking blood. He's like, no, I see what you're doing. But just like, can we get to it? He's like, I'm done. If I were Matt, I'd be like, I don't know what I expected Enzo to do. I don't know why I didn't see him hitting me with a car coming. I would feel so dumb on the ground. Yeah, I'd be like, "Mm, yeah, this actually makes a lot of sense. Sarah says, I promise to remain calm. Just help him, please. Enzo shows Sarah his veins and his fangs Mm -hmm. and bites his wrist. And she runs away. She doesn't remain calm. But he didn't compel her, so that's why. Enzo says, you staying calm, love? Matt drinks Enzo's blood and heals. Sarah says, how did you just... And then Enzo vampire runs away. He really said, you always got to leave him wanting more. Yeah, he keeps the mystery alive. He's just going to mysteriously heal this guy and run away like a like a hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he has her, I fear. Got her hooked in. We go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy is looking in the fridge, but not for a snack, for an ice pack. He grabs some frozen veggies for his, you know, throat and neck that Enzo is stepping on. Elena comes in and says, oh, there you are. What happened? And he says, Enzo's a dick is what happened. And she says, oh, I'm going to kick his ass. And Jeremy says, I don't need my big sister beating up bullies. Thanks. What did the sheriff want? I do love that Jeremy's been like kidnapped so much that this was not even a blip in his day. He's like, we don't really need to talk about it. (laughs) Just your typical Tuesday. Everyone left my going away party and left me to get beat up. Yeah. (laughs) Some party. Elena tells him right away what the sheriff was asking her about. She says she wanted to talk about the night mom and dad died. She thinks something else happened, like maybe it wasn't an accident. And Jeremy says, then what was it? A vampire attack? A werewolf in the road? What else could we possibly go through? And (laughs) that's a good question. 
Because also, like, if something happened, it's like, well, what are we going to do about it now? Like, they're still dead. Yeah, they've been dead for years at this point. Yeah, we're all kind of past it. Elena says mom had called her a couple hours before the crash. She left an urgent message asking her to call back. Think, do you remember anything out of the ordinary about that night? And Jeremy laughs. And he says, here's the tea, girly. I used to smoke pot in my room. Mom caught me that night. And she said she was going to have me arrested. All I have to say, like mother, like daughter with these damn narcs. Yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> and Elena says, so she called the sheriff. Um, And Jeremy says she was pretending to be all business, but I could hear Jenna giggling outside. What a amazing use of taxpayer resources to ask the sheriff to arrest your son. Very great parenting. Real stinkers, these two. Yeah. Jeremy says it was the last time we spoke, fighting through a door. We go back to Liz's office. Damon is outside on the phone and he says, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll let her know. And he hangs up and he goes into Liz. Damon says, so the message was a joke. Miranda wanted you to bust Jeremy for smoking pot. And Liz says, okay, well, what about everything else? Great question. Mm -hmm. The route, the skid marks, the luggage. Yeah, plenty of clues to unpack here. But Damon says there was a storm the day before. Jeremy's dad was planning a secret trip to their lake house. The storm rained them out, hence the luggage. And Liz says the storm that dropped a power line across Old Miller Road, explaining why they took Wickery Bridge, which had a drainage issue before its renovation, meaning the road was probably still slick. And Damon says, slick roads, no skid marks. And Liz says, the storm, that was the reason. Mystery solved. And I was like, damn, so it wasn't Grayson. <laughs> I love the way they do this storyline because, A, I love that they introduce it and wrap it up completely in an episode, so it's not a multi-episode arc. And B, I love that it just is an accident because, as we've talked about before, the deaths that are grounded in reality are very affecting on the Vampire Diaries. And mm -hmm. in general, I don't like it when a show that has been going on for a long time rewrites origin stories mm -hmm. to back up things they decided later. It would have been annoying at this point to come up with some supernatural reason why the car drove off the road. So much of Elena's life has been bogged down by supernatural reasons. This would be ridiculous. Yeah. To me. Unless it was literally Damon who did it. <laughs> yeah. And I think like even Grayson, it, like even like Grayson killing them. Well, I do think it would be an interesting wrinkle. Mm -hmm. Clearly this show doesn't really want to reckon with Elena's relationship with Grayson. If they want to do that, they would have yeah. done it in the Augustine chapter. And at this point, there's nothing that can be done about it. If they find out their dad killed their mom and tried to kill Elena, how do you reckon with that? Yeah. Unless you get like Grayson to come back to life, which nobody wants that. I do think if we were going to really dig into how horrible Grayson is, we did need to do it in Augustine. Yeah. What I do also like about this storyline is I think it draws some really good parallels between Liz and Caroline as people. Mm -hmm. Because I think for so much of the show, you know, they have a very interesting relationship where they're kind of opposed. But I think it is very much that they're similar people. Mm -hmm. And this came down and Liz gets to it later about control and being like, I just wanted to find a reason something tragic happened because she's trying to reckon with like, why do I have stage four cancer out of nowhere? And mm -hmm. the answer is just like, you just got cancer. It's just not fair. Things happen. It's just bad luck. And so it's sad. I think she was like, well, here's this other bad luck thing that maybe it wasn't bad luck. And if I can figure out what happened and why it happened, then it doesn't have to happen again. And then luck is not at play in the universe well, in a major way. It's exactly the same thing as the bear. 
not the TV show, the bear, the bear okay. that was buried in the woods last episode. I was like, I know. <laughs> it's like, I was like, how is this really bear? What happens on the bear? I thought it was about cooking. In that, you know, digging up Miss Cuddles was something Caroline could control. She understood that it was a representation of other things, but it was all she could control. Liz cannot solve the case of her own death because the murderer is cancer and you can't arrest cancer. Yeah. But if she can solve this case, it doesn't solve that, but it makes her feel like she did something. It makes you feel like you have control over something. And it's like, well, you know, I know I don't have control of this one thing, so I'll just control something else. But then, of course, once you control that other thing, you have to be like, oh, and now I'm stuck here not controlling the thing I really wanted to control. And Liz puts a lot of stake on her career. She's always been very career oriented because Mm -hmm. her husband left her. She had a strange relationship with her daughter. Like she focused on her career and she was good at it. Mm hmm. For all her faults, you know, she did kill Jeremy that one time. Um, For all her faults as a sheriff, she solved crimes a lot and she helped a lot of people and she felt proud of her work and she did a good job. So she was like, this is like what defines me. I have to solve cases before I die because this is this is all the value I offer. Well, she found ways to solve cases and like be part of the Founders Council cover up when she thought it was a good thing and when she thought it wasn't a good thing, she was able to mm-hmm. find the gray area. And yes, sometimes that took her a little longer than others, but also like you found out your daughter's a vampire. It's a lot to go through. Yeah. Like she was able to kind of understand what her legacy meant and thought about it in a smarter way. And I think is proud of kind of how she's handled her life and her relationships with people. But now it's like, well, I'm at the end of doing any of that. Liz sighs, having solved another case. And she says, would you mind calling Caroline and telling her she can surprise me tomorrow? I'm not really feeling up to it tonight. She'll never get to surprise her. Damon says, absolutely, I'll go get the car. And he goes. Liz puts her badge on her desk. She like takes a longing look at her office and then turns out the light and goes. We go over to the Salvatore house. Elena is on the phone and she says, thanks for letting me know. Call me if there's any other updates. Okay, bye. Jeremy comes in with his duffel bag and his backpack because he's about to go to the airport, Mm -hmm. in quotes. And Jeremy says, what happened? Is the sheriff okay? And Elena says, you weren't supposed to hear that. Uh, Damon said she is getting worse. Yeah. Jeremy says, okay, I can't leave now. No way. Not with the sheriff sick and Enzo on a rampage. It's not the right time. No one else really seems concerned about Enzo, though. Yeah. And and Jeremy, what are you going to do about cancer? Shoot it with a crossbow? Be serious. Elena says, no kidding, because the right time was a couple years ago. Yeah, should have left him in Denver. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Elena says, Enzo could have killed you today. The other day lived through you across a room. And let's not forget the time you actually died. Alaric has come in during this and he says, she's right. Time to get the hell out of here. And Elena says, you deserve a normal life, Jer. The life of a kid whose only baggage is that he lost his parents. Let's get you to the airport. And Alaric says, oh, why don't you let me take him? You know, you should go be with Liz. And Jeremy says, I'll call you when I get to the airport and when I land. And Elena says, and in a couple days, you can expect an SUV-sized package from me. And Jeremy says, hang on, you're giving me your car? And she says, just don't crash it, okay? And she hugs him. He says, no promises. (laughs) We go over to the Forbes house. Damon is tucking Liz into bed. And Damon says, get in there. (laughs) He says, nice PJ situation. You look hot. And she says, I do not have the energy to tell you how deeply that disturbs me. Damon says, you wanted more today, didn't you, about the accident? And she says, if there had been a supernatural reason they died, 
it would have been easier. There would have been a reason. As it is, it was just an accident, just a stupid accident. And this is hard for her. She's already starting to cry. And Damon says, no, you wanted someone to blame. And then she reveals what it's really about. And she says, you know, I did everything right, Damon. I lived a good life. I take care of my family. It's just she did do everything right. And she's like, this is not fucking fair. It's hard to be like, I've worked really hard to build a good legacy. But now I'm just like, I'm done with that. This is the end now. It's just over. And Damon says, sometimes really terrible things happen to really amazing people. And Liz says, I do have to admit there is a certain amount of peace knowing I'll be one of the only people in Mystic Falls to die an ordinary death. I'm exceptionally ordinary. I'm okay with that. Caroline is anything but. She was meant to be extraordinary, and she needs to know how proud I am of her. I'm already going to cry just reading these I know. It makes me so sad. Damon says, she will. Tell her yourself, okay? Come on. Lay down in this bed. She lays down, and she says, thank you. And he says, for what? And she says, for today, for being here. He holds her hand, and Damon says, you know, I didn't get a chance to spend much time with my mom before she died. I volunteered to write the eulogy, and then when she actually died, I didn't even go to the funeral. Liz says, you want a second chance? Write mine. Do an obituary. It'll be funny. Get some laughs. She says, she says you'll keep the mood light. I don't think Caroline's going to be able to, to put some joy in it. <laughs> yeah. She says, only do me a favor. Nothing dirty. And he says, no promises. <laughs> Liz says, I'll take that drink now. And he says, yeah, I'll be right back. And as soon as he gets up, I was like, she's going to be dead when he gets back. But she didn't even let him leave. Yeah, he gets up and she like immediately relaxes. And he says, oh, do you want rocks or neat? And she doesn't answer. And he says, Liz. And she's laying there, but she does appear to be breathing. We run over to the hospital. Caroline runs in. She says, where is she? Elizabeth Forbes, what room is she in? The nurse points to Damon. Damon says, Caroline. And he quickly tries to explain. He's like, she fell asleep. I couldn't wake her up. They said she slipped into a coma. Caroline runs like Stefan follows her. Damon says they said they can make her comfortable. And Caroline says she's not comfortable. She's dying. Caroline finally sees her mom and she goes in and like the weight of everything hits her. She's crying and she says, I didn't get to say goodbye to my mom. Because she spent this day building up this surprise so she could spend the last few days with her mom. But then her mom dies before she could like she spent all this time making this perfect end of life situation for her mom controlling everything and she couldn't even get there and also heartbreakingly i mean this does show the similarities between the two of them liz spent the whole day trying to like have a perfect legacy and because of that she postponed spending time with her daughter i mean they both were trying to create the perfect circumstances for liz to die and in trying to create those perfect circumstances she died Real gift of the Magi situation. I know. Tell me about it. (laughs) Later, Stefan is on the phone and he says, Tyler, hey, it's Stefan. You might want to head back to Mystic Falls because I'm about to take your bitch. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. (laughs) He doesn't say that. Um, He says, Caroline's mom isn't doing too hot. (laughs) I'll call you with updates. You've been holding that one in for a while. (laughs) That that came out of you like a... A demon. I had that in my notes because I was giggling, giggling. Damon approaches and Stefan says, hey, what did the doctor say? Damon says, she's stable, but, you know. And Stefan says, how much longer? Damon says, not long. The hospital says she has a DNR. So DNRs do not resuscitate. Because of course she does. Because she doesn't want to put people through ups and downs of this anymore. Yeah. She's doing that for them. Damon says, I'm going to get some air. And he goes. Stefan goes in to the room. Caroline is sitting on her mom's bed holding her hand, and Caroline says, I should have been with her. And Stefan says, you didn't know. 
And Caroline says, I knew she was sick and I knew it was bad. And Stefan says, Caroline, she says, I'm her daughter, Stefan. I was supposed to give her peace and convince her I would be okay and thank her for being an amazing mom. God, I don't even remember the last thing I said to her. I was supposed to be with her in her final moment. And Stefan says, you still can. Yeah, because she's still alive. Yeah, thank God she's just in a coma and not dead yet. Yeah. And then we take a little minute out on the side of the road. We're by a bus stop. It's like, that doesn't look like the airport at all. And Alaric pulls up and says, airport looks packed. And he's being sarcastic. And it's like, what are we doing? And this sarcasm bit goes for a while. I was going to say, he does the bit song. I was like, does he think Elena has like a bug in the car or something? Yeah. Like, he does it way too long. Yeah, because he says, airport looks packed. And Jeremy plays along and says, long ass security line too. Rick says, I don't want you to miss your flight. And now you've got orientation tomorrow. Orientation in the middle of March? Please. I know. <laughs> and I mean, that's on Elena. Because yeah. she should be like, I'm sorry. Isn't tomorrow Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> Why would they put orientation on a mid-semester Wednesday? Yeah. And even if it is, you know, the quarter system and they start spring quarter in March, just so people know I've thought about this. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Why would he join in spring quarter? Yeah. Who would let him in? Especially because a quarter system, they do not have those first classes in the spring. I get being like, oh, he's going to move and then go to art school in the fall. Why yeah. are we acting like he's going straight to school? Yeah. Whatever. Then they stop joking around. No more joking. Alaric has a bag of steaks and says, look, this probably goes without saying, but keep this shut till you get off the bus. Just stuff it above your seat. Yeah, just in case Jeremy didn't know to not take the weapons out on the bus. Yeah. Alaric hands Jeremy a map and says, this is where you're headed. The bus will take you to a town about 30 miles north of Santa Fe. Now, I can't confirm if these are actual animal attacks or something else, but it's worth looking into. And so now it's clear why Jeremy needs a car. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy says, I'm on it. Alaric says, and you're probably going to have to actually generate some art to sell the story. Because if Elena finds out this is one big lie, she's not going to just kill you, but me too. And Jeremy says, Elena will be fine as long as she thinks I'm safe. Alaric says, and happy. Then the bus pulls up. And Alaric says, you know, a responsible guardian would try and stop you. But believe it or not, you're actually an adult now. And you found your purpose. Might as well pursue it. Granted, being a vampire hunter doesn't lend itself to a healthy social life. And Jeremy says, it turns out a social life isn't as fun as kicking vampire ass. How would you know? Yeah, I was going to say, well, how would you know you've never had a social life? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, a social life isn't fun for you. Your biggest social life is hanging out with Matt. Trust yeah. me, it gets better than that. Yeah, He's going to like make a friend in this town where he's vampire hunting. Like, Actually? No, I don't want to be a vampire hunter. I want to just hang out with my friends. Actually, no, I am just going to go to art school. <laughs> Alaric says, just don't do anything stupid, okay? I'll send you leads. You can follow up on them. Jeremy says, we already went over this. No one needs to worry about me, okay? Alaric hugs him. Jeremy says, it's not like I'm not going to have email or anything. Alaric says, just shut up and let me hug you. I'm proud of you, Jeremy. And Jeremy says, hey, do me a favor. If Bonnie ever comes back, and Alaric says, you'll be the first person I call. Jeremy gets on the bus and it goes. Another fucking episode where we don't know what's up with Bonnie. Julie Pleck, can you please get it together? It's episode 14. How long does it take her to get to fucking Nova Scotia? Yeah. So I have to ask, this seems like Jeremy is leaving town pretty mm -hmm. extensively. Do you think we're going to keep up with him on his vampire hunting side quests? Or do you think Stephen McQueen is leaving the show? It seems like it's we won't keep up with him a ton. I do think we'll like, have some check-ins here and there and like 
maybe they'll run into a villain that he knows about because of Santa Fe or whatever. But I do think this is, I think they're phasing him out because, and I wouldn't normally think that, I would think he might come back. But I think because when Bonnie comes back, I think they're done with this relationship. I think the writers knew this, know this has gone on way too long. Do you think when Bonnie comes back, she's going to be upset that Jeremy's gone? Yes, but I also think she's always kind of in her murder bag a bit because she's been forced in that bag. Don't yeah. She didn't choose that. And so I think she'll kind of be like, you know what? Let him be free and not deal with this. Yeah. Do you think we're going to see a substantial plot line from Jeremy before the end of the show? Or do you think he's our first major character to leave without dying? I think he's essentially going to be like a Liz Forbes type character, you know, before this episode, obviously. Yeah. That like, they're not not on the show, but they're not on the show. A couple episodes a season. Like a guest star situation. Yeah. Sure. Is my thought with him. Like maybe an early Liz Forbes, because Liz is on a lot of episodes in some yeah. seasons, but less in others. I, I don't think we won't check in with him because I think them setting him to hunt vampires keeps him connected enough to the world of the show that things could come up. I, I think his days of like being a, a main player, not that he's ever really been a main player. He's a main character. I think he's shifting to Gester. And do you think uh, we're going to get a Jeremy Gilbert spinoff from this? Uh, no. Can you imagine if the next episode was a backdoor pilot for a show you had never heard of? It would be funny if it was like Jeremy Gilbert Vampire Hunter, if that's a show. I feel like if that were a show, I would have like heard about it. Well, I mean, so he's going to New Mexico. You know what's in New Mexico? What? Roswell. Okay, nice try. And it was a CW Roswell show. <laughs> I know he's not on that. Because Tyler Blackman is on that. And isn't Michael Trevino also Michael on that? Michael Trevino is on that? <laughs> yeah, I know you and trying. Well, well, how do you know Michael Trevino doesn't play Tyler on that show? I actually don't know for sure, but I feel confident he doesn't. Okay, well, maybe maybe we'll see Jeremy Gilbert and Roswell. Although, even though I just said all that, we have to remember the fucking wolf on the, on the art school, art school application. application. The smoking gun. That was the, the smoking wolf. wolf, as it will. I think there's a possibility with that that Tyler will follow suit in some way. Hunt vampires in Santa Fe? Well, that there's some wolf connection. I don't think he's going to hunt yeah. vampires. Yeah, let me, I was going to say, has Tyler ever successfully killed a vampire? Not that I can recall. Uh, not that I can recall either. <laughs> we go back over to the hospital. Stefan is with Caroline still, and he says, try to clear your mind. And Caroline says, okay. And Stefan says, think about your favorite memory of your mom. And Caroline says, I don't know. There's too many. I can't pick one right now. Stefan says, it's okay. Just relax. Close your eyes, open up your mind. We're going to live in her memories. And Caroline says, we can do that. Stefan says, just take her hand. Caroline grabs Liz's hand and sits. She closes her eyes. We go into Liz's memories. We go to Caroline learning to ride a bike at the lake house. Caroline described this earlier in the episode. Mm -hmm. Caroline says, I want to stop. Liz says, if you, if you stop, you'll never learn. And Caroline says, well, I don't want to learn. Me too, queen. Yeah. Uh, Liz says, yes, you do. Caroline says, I can't do it. And Liz says, just pedal. And then we finally see young Liz and young Caroline. Liz just has a wig. But young Caroline is played by who else than the Meryl Streep of child actors? She is booked. She is busy. It's McKenna Grace. That's McKenna get a job. (laughs) For those of you who don't know McKenna Grace, she must look vaguely familiar to you. She plays the younger version of almost every single adult she plays everybody literally in this scene i'm sobbing because i'm already hearing the bike stuff and i get out of it because i'm like is that mckenna grace <laughs> like immediately and 
to be fair, like when they made this episode, McKenna Grace was not known the way she is now. But there's such a, I think it comes around to being fun because there's such a funny like, and there's McKenna Grace again because she's literally in everything. Yes. For those of you who don't know, I'm on her IMDb. Um, She's now at this point, at the time of this recording, aged out of the child roles. Thank God yeah. for her. She was being trapped. <laughs> she was like trapped in a basement just whenever they needed a little blonde kid. And all the other little blonde girls in Hollywood are like, oh, fuck, McKenna Grace is here. Yeah, they walk into the audition room with McKenna Grace and they're like, well, we might as well go. And brunettes were there too, by the way. Yeah. But she has played a lot of people. I'm just going to go through any credit that has young at the beginning. In Malignant, she played young Madison. In Scoob 1, actually, she was young Daphne. In Captain Marvel, she was young Carol, so young Brie Larson. In Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, she was young Sabrina Spellman, young Kiernan Shipka. They love to pair her with Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan Shipka was the McKenna Grace of her time, but she wasn't a good actor. McKenna Grace, though, that bitch can act. Yeah. Kiernan Shipka should have probably punched her in the face when she showed up on set and showed her up. <laughs> in The Haunting of Hill House, she played young Theo. She was brunette in that. Mm-hmm. In I, Tanya, she was young Tanya Harding. In Once Upon a Time, she was young Emma. Who's like the main girl, huh? Yeah, she's like the main girl. And that's pretty much it. She's been a young version of every blonde actress in Hollywood and even a brunette or two. Seeing her here, it's like if Olivia Coleman was on Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choice. I don't know if comparison. that's the right comparison. I liken her to like Kiki Palmer because like she's going to be in shit. No matter what. She will be working. She will be yeah. booked. Caroline says, I'm going to fall off. And Liz says, I'm holding you up, sweetheart. You can't fall. And Caroline says, I'm scared. I want my other wheels back on. In the hospital, Stefan says, it's working. Liz in the memory says, keep pedaling. You can do it. And Caroline says, don't let go, mommy. And Liz says, I won't. Not until you're ready. But she starts letting go. This is a classic, you know, bike trope. But yeah. it's really emotional here. Caroline says, don't let go. I'm not ready. But of course, Liz says, let go. And Caroline rides off. And Liz watches and says, yes, you are. Which, again, representative of this exact situation because Caroline doesn't want her mom to die. She's not ready for her mom to die. Mm-hmm. But her mom is already dying. Yeah. Well, Liz knows she can't do anything about it, but she also knows Caroline is strong enough. Mm-hmm. But Caroline doesn't know that. Yeah. In the hospital... Elena, Damon, and Matt have showed up. The heart monitor flatlines. And Caroline says, Mom. And she cries and she turns to everyone and says, She's gone. And she sobs. And someone turns off the heart monitor. I assume Stefan. Yeah. And that is where we end the episode. And I'm sobbing. And I'm oh, I'm sobbing like a little baby. I am blubbering. Yeah. I still have a crying headache after recording this. This is emotional. This is the most major death we've had in a really long time. At least one with like long standing consequences. Like obviously Damon and Bonnie died at the end of season five. Stefan died right before, but they all came back. And sorry to Luke, but this is much more major. This is really the most main one since Alaric at the end of season three. Number one, what I always have to ask is Liz Forbes dead for good? Yeah. Yeah, she, I mean. There's not bouncing back from this. Yeah. Let's talk about Liz as a character because I do want to bring this up. I'm not letting you off the hook. You were a Liz Forbes hater and you can deny it all you want, but listen to the old episodes. You were a Liz Forbes hater in seasons one and two. Yeah. And I knew, I said, someday she's going to have to watch her die. (laughs) Well, she shot Jeremy just full in the chest. 
And she also took some time coming around on her daughter. And she was, it was a strained relationship for a while. It was. How do you feel now, though, uh, with the loss of Liz? Is this a sad death? Oh, this is a sad death for me. I mean, I think a lot for Caroline of, I think there are some interesting questions you can always approach in vampire shows or vampire media in general Mm -hmm. of like this question of immortality and what it really means to be immortal and, you know, getting used to losing people. And I think the Mm -hmm. Vampire Diaries has been very much like losing people supernaturally. And this is our first one that's like, it just is the end of the line because she's mortal. Like, which I guess kind of Catherine had that, but it wasn't the same feeling because it was someone who had already kind of overstayed their welcome and who no one uh loved the way they love Liz yeah so I think it's it's very jarring for all of them I mean I think less for Stefan and Damon because they've had to you know watch people die but Mm -hmm. even Stefan says that he moves around so frequently that he doesn't really get to the end of a life in the same way like so this is the first like you're just always going to outlive people And what the Vampire Diaries loves to explore is grief and how do you survive after the death of a loved one and how do you deal with what is essentially survivor's guilt? And what a lot of the immortal characters deal with is like, I don't have to view death the same way. Yeah. But I can see just because I, it doesn't affect me that way, it affects all these people I care about. Well, I think this is particularly sad too because- of the control freak aspect of Caroline of like, there are plenty of deaths that have happened that have been out of their control in different ways, sure. but that you could trick yourself into saying you could control mm-hmm. like, Oh, if I had just gotten there sooner, if I had just stopped this person, blah, blah, blah. There's just nothing Caroline could have done to stop this because yeah. she tried. She tried everything literally. Yeah. But when death comes, sometimes it just is, it's coming. So here's a question. This will obviously have ramifications, I mean, Mm -hmm. on the whole group, but I want to talk specifically about two things. Number one, how is Caroline going to react to this? I think it's going to be a rough couple of weeks because I do think since she asked Damon to give the eulogy, there's a a strong chance we'll see a funeral. I I think it's just hard for Caroline because Caroline has been pushing really hard to stay connected to her mom and to her home, even with this anti-magic border. Mm-hmm. And I think she's kind of the only one left of this group that has that connection with a, a parent. Yeah. Because Alaric is there, but it's a different situation. And so I think she won't feel like this, like anyone kind of can understand her. And I do think she will continue to lean on Stefan because Stefan lost his mom to a long running sickness. So there's at least a little bit of connection to both Stefan and Damon here. Well, this segues me into my next question. Mm-hmm. Girlies, we finally got a Steriline kiss. Steriline fans were eating tonight. Mmm, yummy. But do you think this will have ramifications for Steriline? I-, I do because I think there are positive and negative ramifications. Sure. The negative one being that, you know, she was kissing Stefan while her mom was dying across town. Yeah. And there's going to be some guilt associated with that, which she kind of touched on already, but like, that's still something to work past because yeah, she didn't know what the situation was, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be any easier. Yeah, for her to it's not going to make her feel any less guilty that she, an immortal hottie, was kissing another immortal hottie while her mortal mother was slipping into a coma. Yeah, so that's always going to be hard. And I, I don't think she'll blame Stefan for that, but I do think she'll put a wall up as a result of that. Um, do, 
Do you think Stefan will feel guilt for that? No, because I think Stefan has the space to be able to say like, there's no way you could have known that. And like, he has a little bit more understanding of like death and like immortality and like, this is just part of it. And I think he, he can try to talk her through that, but I do think that's going to be a hard pill to swallow regardless. But I do think because he has this relationship with his mother, I think opening up about that will ultimately deepen their relationship. But I don't think they'll be kissing for a while. I was going to say, how long until their girlfriend, boyfriend? End of the season. Gotcha. End of season five. End of season six. Oh. <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm, I'm hoping. I was like, why should I want it to be the end of season five? <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars to any of you on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.